0: It is great to be with you today. I have uh, so much to talk to you about, uh, and so I'm gonna go ahead and dive right into it all. I I have to be honest with you, though. I am uh, more nervous to preach today than I think I've ever been in my life. I might throw up. (laughs) It's a splash zone right here, you know. That's because... we are in a brand new series right now called Heart and Mind, where we are talking about all things mental health and mental wellness. And uh, mental wellness is, is uh, not only a sensitive topic, it's a broad topic, but it's also a huge part of my personal story. And today, if it's okay with you, I'd like to be more vulnerable than I've ever been and share a part of my story, thank you. Share a part of my story that I've never shared publicly before. But before I I do that, let me kind of lay the foundation for uh, this four week series. You know, when we talk about mental wellness and mental health disorders, we are talking about anxiety and panic we're talking about uh, depression and bipolar, we're talking about addiction and and substance abuse, but we're also just talking about stress and generally feeling overwhelmed in life and what we need to do to stay mentally and emotionally healthy. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says that your body is a temple and it's a very temple for God's Holy Spirit, and uh, we need to take care of that temple. We only got one, right? One body, and we need to take care of it, uh, including your mind, especially your mind. And, you know, this topic of mental wellness is really, it's all over scripture. Uh, in fact, from the Old Testament to uh, Elijah uh, being suicidal, Begging God to take his life just because he was tired. To David being depressed in the Psalms. To First Peter telling us to cast all of our anxiety on the Lord. To, to Jesus himself being overwhelmed to the point of sorrow is what the, the word says. Or overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death is what it says to Philippians telling us that we need to control our mind and Paul encouraging us to renew our mind. So my point is this isn't a new issue. And just to explain how how widespread this topic is, I wanted to read you some statistics and I believe it's even more widespread than this because this is only what's been diagnosed. So this is not including people who, have never seen a doctor before, but they are battling for their mental health. But here's some statistics from the CDC and Harvard University. 30% of Americans have anxiety, that's more than one in four. 67% of children between the ages of seven and 15 have anxiety or depression, 67%. 30% of Americans have depression, 10% of Americans have bipolar. 22% of Americans of the ages 12 and over are battling addiction or substance abuse. And then 94% of adults feel overwhelmed and stressed in life. So statistically speaking, the majority of people in this room are battling for their mental health in some capacity. And if you just so happen to be in the minority, then you know somebody or you're related to somebody that's battling for their mental health. And come on, let's be honest. like At the very least, 94% of you are stressed out of your mind and feeling overwhelmed in life. And so I think that this is a pretty relevant topic. You know, I'm, uh, I'm not a mental health expert. Uh, I've done a lot of research for this series. I have relied heavily on mental health experts to gather information. But probably most importantly, uh, I have a story. And I think our stories mean something, you know? You have a story and I think your story means something. And so if it's okay with you, I just want to tell you a story. It all started um, for me about seven years ago when I felt like my life was spinning out of control. Everything felt overwhelming to me. Everything. I knew that I was not being the husband I needed to be and I was not being the brand new father that I needed to be. Uh, at the time, I didn't know what to call it other than stress. But this stress had been building up inside of me and it became unbearable. So I did what a lot of us do whenever we're experiencing stress, I started medicating in an unhealthy way because I simultaneously wanted to not feel anything and feel something. You know, when we medicate in an unhealthy way, what we're really doing is we're looking for peace outside of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't work. Now, numbing out, Or medicating comes in all shapes and sizes. Some people choose food, some choose opioids, some choose relationships, or uh, Netflix, or social media, or shopping. But for me, I chose alcohol. And uh, I started drinking entirely too much and relying on alcohol to calm me down. Now hear me, I'm, I'm not against alcohol in any way. I think there's plenty of you who can partake without it being an issue at all. But for me personally, it became a really big problem. And I went from social drinking to isolated drinking to secret drinking. And I started hiding it. And uh, the beast of alcoholism started rearing its ugly head in my life. And uh, you know that We think it'll make it better, but it only made things worse. And it started affecting my family and my marriage. I can't tell you how many times in my life I tried to just pray away the desire to numb out with a drink. But it just didn't work until... uh, One day, I went to the liquor store and picked up a drink and headed home early one afternoon where I knew I was going to be alone and uh, just started drinking without limits. Alex came home that evening, and uh, she, of course, knew right away. And it was like in that moment, I could not bear it anymore. I I could not hide it anymore. I couldn't deal with the stress anymore. And I remember just falling on the kitchen floor, just weeping, just in a fetal position, crying my eyes out as she took my arm and literally drugged me into another room so that my sweet kids wouldn't see their strong daddy in that state where I just sat in the other room and had a mental breakdown. It was uh, the next morning when I could actually have a conversation. Did Alex say to me, she said, Josiah, Josiah, I think you're dealing with depression. And I think you're using alcohol to numb out an underlying issue. And I'm telling you to this day, it was the voice of God speaking through her. And uh, it's the answer to my prayers. God didn't answer them the way that I wanted him to answer them. But he answered them through Alex that morning. So I went to a doctor and uh, went to a counselor for the very first time. And between the two professional minds and their expertise was diagnosed with depression. I remember the counselor looked at me in the eyes one day and she asked me a really important question. She said, do you want to stop drinking? And do you want to get better? I said, yes. And so now it was time for me to do my part. The Lord had done his part by revealing what was inside of me. And now it was my turn to do my part. So I started seeing a counselor on a regular basis and started taking prescribed antidepressants and uh, been sober since that day. Thank you. I am uh, currently on an antidepressant and what they call a mood stabilizer and I occasionally take medication for anxiety and panic. Now, this is my story. This is not, I need you to hear me, this is not prescriptive in any way. This is just descriptive. It's my, this is just my story. And I tell you my story for a few different reasons. One, I tell you because I think there's power in transparency, I think there's power in being vulnerable. I don't think you can find freedom in any place in your life without being transparent. I'll tell you my story in the details of my story because I really want you to understand my theological viewpoint going into this four-week series on mental health that I believe God can heal in lots of different ways. I believe he can heal through miracles and medicine through faith in physicians, through Christ and counselors. I believe God uses both supernatural ways and natural ways to heal us. And you know, the moment that I put God in a box and decide that he can only heal in one way is the moment that I really stop worshiping the creator of the universe and start worshiping an idol that I've made up in my mind. <laughs> Lastly, I, I tell you this story because I want you to know that I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know, I can't emphasize enough that I am just a work in progress, right? Right? And uh, the steps that I took may not be your steps, it may not be your story. You may need different steps and you have a different story and you may need more steps or less steps. Uh, But I do believe that when we're in this journey of mental health, everybody has the same first step and I think that first step is letting someone else in your life, letting someone else into your heart and in your struggles. So when I was writing this message and thought about what the counselor had asked me on that day, it reminded me of a story in John 5 where we find a man at a pool that has an interesting encounter with Jesus, one of the more interesting ones if you ask me. So I wanted to read you this story and then I just wanted to give you one principle, just one thought that I think might help you in your journey to mental wellness. So let's read this passage together. It'll be up on the screens. It says this. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish fest- festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five co- uh, covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind, the lame, the paralyzed one who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sounds familiar. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and walked. And so Jesus asked this man, Do you want to get well? Because if you want to get well, then you might have to stand up and pick up your mat. If you want to get well, sir, you might have to go get a job and stop begging. If this man wanted to get well, then he had to leave the life that he had always known. If this man wanted to get well, then he needed to leave the toxic community around the pool. And the first question that you always have to ask yourself is do you want to get well? because if you want to get well then you might need to stop your medicators if you want to get well then you might need to get in some good community if if you want to get well then you might have to start meditating on God's word day and night do you want to get well because if you want to get well then you might have to start seeing a counselor If you want to get well, then maybe you need to start coming to church more often. Do you want to get well, Jesus asks the man. It's not always easy, but it's always worth it. I want you to see one challenge that this sick man faces In this story, if you go back to verse six, it says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you wanna get well? Look at his reply, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Now this man immediately went to the excuse as to why he couldn't get better instead of answering Jesus's question. Do you want to get well? Sir, nobody is here to help me. Everybody else gets in the way. This is the definition of a victim mentality. And when you're battling for your mental health, you have to fight the victim mentality. Because listen, you cannot have mental health, mental wholeness and also be a victim. You can't do it. Because to be healthy, to be whole, to receive to be healthy and whole is to receive God's mercy and receive his grace, but a victim mentality rejects the grace of God, rejects the mercy of God, rejects the gifts of God. See, a victim mentality says, "No one has ever helped me. The world is out to get me." When the truth is God has done nothing but helped you. And the world is not out to get you. Nothing is out to get you. The only thing that's out to get you was the enemy and Jesus crushed the head of Satan when he resurrected from the grave. Therefore, you are not a victim. And, and quite honestly, claiming to be a victim is an insult to the cross what Galatians 2.21 says. It says, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. If I'm going to treat the grace of God as absolutely meaningless and reject the mercy and the gifts he's given me, then there was no need for Christ to die. Now, I'm not trying to invalidate your feelings or water down any trauma that you've experienced in your life. But listen, you are not a victim. Because of what Christ did on the cross for you and for me, you are not a victim. You are who God says you are. And he says you are a victor, you are a conqueror, you are an overcomer. And the only way to experience freedom in life is to believe that you are who God says you are. You to listen to this, a lot of times of victim mentality, it starts when we identify as our condition. If you'll notice in this story, this man doesn't have a name, he's just an invalid. He's just the sick guy laying by the point. You know, we do this sometimes. We speak things into existence like we say, I am depressed, I am anxious, I am stressed. I am fearful, but listen, you are not your sickness. You are not your disorder, and you are not what you have been through. And by the way, you're also not your achievements, your success, or your accomplishments. And the reason why this is so important, listen to what I have to say, listen, because your identity drives your behavior. The Bible says, so as a man thinks, so he is. So hang with me here for a second, okay? If you identify as depressed, then you're gonna act depressed. If you act depressed, you can't act like Jesus. Listen to what I'm saying. If you identify as anxious, you're going to act anxious. And if you act anxious, you can't act like Jesus. But if you identify as an overcomer, as a child of God, as redeemed, as set free, as beautifully and wonderfully made, and as righteous, then you can experience depression and still act like Jesus. You can experience anxiety and still act like Jesus. You can experience stress and still act like Jesus. Jesus because then those things are not your identity they're just a struggle that you're battling you know there's so much power in our words Proverbs says you have the power of life and death in your tongue but you get to choose you get to decide what you're going to speak to yourself let me end with this thought here Hebrews 4, 16. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know what we really need is not to rally around a cause or rally around a series. What we really need is to rally around Jesus. Because let me tell you this is what I this is what I really really want you to hear today above all else. Anything I said, here's what I want you to hear today. At the end of the day, Jesus is the answer. He may use medicine, He may use physicians, he may use counselors, he may use a miracle, but don't be mistaken, Jesus Christ is the answer to freedom and health and wholeness and an abundant life on earth. And when you find yourself in time of need, there is nothing that will help you more than drawing near to the throne of God, where his mercy and grace overflow and gives you a hope that you can't find anywhere else because he is the living water. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the bread of life. He is the Savior. Listen, He is the counselor. He is the great physician. He is the answer. Every time, Jesus is the answer. And until we get that right, we have no shot. For he is the vine and we are the branches and apart from him we can do nothing but with him we can do all things. Through Christ all things are possible and no matter how far gone you think you are, how sick you think you are, how off the rails that you feel, he is in the business of turning ashes into beauty, graves into gardens, dry bones into life. He is the the Redeemer. He is with you, man. Just wherever you're at, He is with you. And He is battling for you. Bible says He is by the Father's side praying for you. Being an advocate for you. You are not alone. Can I pray over you? Is that okay? i want to bow your heads with me and just close your eyes. I just, no one's looking around. I just wanna, I wanna pray for those who feel like they are in the thick of it with their mental health. And so if that's something you're battling today, would you just raise your hand up? Heavenly Father, I just pray a blessing over everyone in this room, especially those who are are battling right now. God, we just declare in the name of Jesus that this is not our identity. We are who you say we are. We declare that we are not a victim, but we are a victor, that we are conquerors, that we are overcomers. Let us walk in that this week, God. God, I just pray for healing. However you choose to heal, God, I just pray for healing over everyone that's raising their hands today. That you would bring them a peace that surpasses all man's understanding is what your word says. And Lord, we know that you are the answer. So God, I just pray Philippians 2.13, over this room today, my life verse, that God is working in us, giving us the desire and the strength to do what's pleasing to you, which is great news for me, because there's days I have the strength, but I don't have the desire. There's days I have the desire, but I don't have the strength. But God, your word promises that you're working in us to give us both. And so God, I just pray that you would do that with us today and we would find a supernatural strength this week to live for you. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We declare you are the answer, and we are only here because of your great love for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.